Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Are you ready for some Word this morning? Praise God. We're going to dig into that. Now, this morning's message is going to be somewhat just a... Um, uh, we're, we're going to talk about some history because we are celebrating today that this week we paid off our building. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, and, and we want you to know how that all happened so you can celebrate. Praise God. Because it is a good thing to celebrate what God has done in your life. Praise God. Well, in September of 2000, uh, excuse me, not 2000, September of 1991, uh, to be exact, um, Word of Life Church had its very first service at the Roadway Inn Conference Room, and we had a dozen people in attendance, four of which was my family. And uh, so we have come a long way since then. And uh, God has been good. He's been faithful. And uh, so we, from, from September, September, October, November, and December, we met in, in the conference room there at the Roadway Inn. Um, some of you not familiar, I, uh, is it still Great Western now? Yeah, I think it is. Great Western Inn, but uh, so you know, kind of know where it is. Um, we met there, and then um, in January of the next year of 92, um, we rented a small uh, facility that would actually fit between these two poles and just about this, this uh, center section here. And uh, I think it was like 1,300 square feet. And uh, we began to meet in there, and uh, uh, we, there, there were times, there were days that uh, Sunday mornings that we showed up, and there was nobody there but the four members of my family. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I was thinking about that first Sunday, 12 people in attendance, and I thought, this is a good start. The next week, there was four. And uh, so, you know, we, we went... 12 went down from there, but uh, it has been up, and uh, uh, so anyway, uh, we appreciate so much those of you who have been with us over the years, and uh, uh, those of you who are just now joining us and, and just now getting plugged in, and uh, 
and we're so grateful for that. And uh, we dedicated this month to reaching out to people that have been here, uh, but, you know, they've been here in the past, but they hadn't been in a while. And so we have dedicated the month of September this year to reaching out to those uh, because, you know, honestly, we don't like it much when part of our family's missing. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not a, uh, you know, I know my, my wife and I, we've got uh, a daughter in, in Yakima, Washington, and uh, we don't like it very much that we don't get to see her very often. Um, and and we, we feel the same way about our church people, our church family, when, when they're away. We don't care for that very much and uh, because we, we want the family together. Praise God. But um, in uh, Word of Life Church was actually birthed in my heart in 1982. And uh, so it went back to a number of nine years even before we had our first service. Um, it was already growing on the inside of me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've got to keep this somewhat short so I can't go into too much detail uh, today because the, the main thing we want to talk about is how we got this facility that we just paid for. Praise God. And so, uh, anyway, after we rented the, the building down at uh, uh, 315 West Mermod, we, uh, they called me one day and uh, the, the landlord called me and said, uh, uh, there's somebody that wants your building. And I thought, oh, great, now we've got to find another one. But it just happened that there was a, it was a storefront and there was a unit right next door. And so we were able to just pick up and move right next door. And uh, <coughs> we began to rent that and then uh, uh, was able to get another connecting unit with that unit, which... Uh, uh, took us all the way from 1,300 square feet up to uh, about 2,150 square feet. And we thought we, uh, you know, we thought, oh my goodness, we have so much room. And then we began to grow and uh, we began to fill that place up and uh, started running out of space. And, and somebody told me one time, uh, actually it was my my pastor that I came up under, uh, he told me, he said, when, uh, he said, studies show that when a church reaches 80% of its capacity, its building capacity, that it will kind of stagnate and stop growing. And uh, so I woke up one day and realized that we had been at 80% for quite some time. And uh what he said there was, you know, there's some prophetic words that you really don't want to receive. And, uh, you know, that was one of them. And uh, I actually had a, had a uh, pastor tell me before I came here, he said, you'll see five times as many people come and leave as come and stay. And uh, I wasn't happy about that one either. But... Uh, 
but anyway, uh, as, as we begin to, to, to fill that place up, then uh, we started looking around for another facility, and this place was sitting vacant. And uh, it was uh, a furniture store. Some of you have been around Carlsbad for a long, long time, and you remember the Beeson's Furniture Store. And uh, that's what was in this place. And so I saw that it was vacant, and so one day I called uh, Roger Beeson on the phone, and uh, I said, uh, would you be interested in renting us the building? And uh, he said, uh, no. And what he said was, he said, uh, you know, we went out of business, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of... Uh, uh, a little bitter about that, and uh, so um, he said, really, we just want to sell it and get rid of it, and uh, so he said, but, you know, I always like it when, when they add that on there, you know, because he's about to tell me something that might be some good news to me, and uh, he said, but the final decision really would be up to my dad. He's the you know, he would be the one to make that decision. And he said, so I will talk to him, and I'll get back with you. Six weeks went by, and uh, we had not heard back from him. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, the fact that he didn't call me back, that must mean he's not interested. So we continued to look for a place. And one day my phone rings, and he said, uh, this Roger, I, uh, I lost your phone number. And uh, he said, I talked to my dad, and he said, uh, yes, we would rent the building to you. And, uh, and he began to go through the stipulations. He said, uh, uh, first of all, he said, you won't be able to have the, the whole building. We're going to split it up. And, and uh, there's two sections over there where we have uh, children's classrooms. Plus the building, on the, the unit on the very far end, they didn't even own that part of the building. And so we, we didn't have access to those at first. And so, I, and he tells me, he says, it will be on a month-to-month -month basis. He said, we don't want to sign a lease because we're going to keep it on the market for sale. And it'll be a month-to-month -month basis. If you can live with that, then we're willing to, to rent it to you, and uh, he said, and I can tell you there is another, there, there's named another individual who he said uh, has expressed interest in the building. And he said, so if we sell it, you're going to have to deal with them. And uh, so we prayed, and we felt that we had a green light to go ahead and, and, uh, and rent the facility. So... Anyway, we called, um, I, I picked up the phone and I called this other individual that he said uh, had expressed interest in the building. And uh, the guy, I asked him, I, I just told him, I said, I'm considering renting the, the uh, old Beeson Furniture Building and uh, I heard that you might be interested in buying it and so I want to talk to you uh, about that. And he said, I have no interest in that building. And uh, so, anyway, um, 
we went ahead and moved forward with it, and we moved in, and, and uh, we said we're going to do the very bare minimum of the building because, you know, it's month to month. And uh, whatever we put in here as far as remodeling it, fixing it up, anything like that is just, if we're out, then we've just, that money's gone. And so we did the very bare minimum to get in, and some of you remember those days. Uh, I know I found a picture the other day of Lupe um, working in here right after we got in here and we're trying to get it usable. It had lime green carpet in this room, and uh, every wall in here was covered with pegboard. And uh, so we... We pulled pegboard off the wall. We had a stack of pegboard this high and uh, that we pulled off the walls. And uh, we could probably still show you some of the uh, remnants of, of that pegboard somewhere. But, uh, but anyway, we pulled that pegboard down. We threw up a few partitions that needed to be, uh, that needed to be put up. We did a little painting and... Uh, and we moved in here and, and celebrated the goodness of God. And uh, uh, we began once again, you know, once we were no longer under that 80% of our capacity issue, we actually began to grow again. And uh, so anyway, as, as we begin to grow, you know, we're, we're paying the, the rent on the building and then uh, after we had been renting the place for a couple of years, uh, one day uh, the father and son uh, landlords came walking in and uh, they said, oh, I, I left out a very important part. The day that we decided, uh, you know, that we were going to rent the building, I went to... Uh, Cy Beeson's house and, uh, and signed the rental agreement. And that day he said, tomorrow, Carlsbad Insurance uh, and Real Estate should be by to take down the for sale sign. And uh, so after we'd been told that they were going to leave it on the market, they took it off the market, which we were happy about that and felt, felt much better about that. And so... Um, we signed the, the lease, and then two years later, they come walking in the door and want to talk to me, and they said, we're going to put it back on the market. And uh, so uh, they did, and my heart sank. And as I was praying one day, uh, we started looking for another place again. I thought, they're gonna, well, they're going to sell this out from under us, so we better find another place. We started looking for another place, and as we did, uh, you know, I'm, I'm praying about this, and, and uh, you know, the, the Lord said to me, he said, you were okay with renting it on a month-to-month -month basis two years ago. What changed? And uh, I said, okay, yes, sir, I get the picture. And uh, so, you know, I called down a little bit. I still have my moments, but for the most part, I calmed down over that. And uh, um, one, then a, a couple months later, uh, 
Cy Beeson comes walking in the building. And, uh, you know, my first thought is, he's here to tell me somebody's buying the building. Well, that wasn't what he was, you know. Isn't it amazing how we always assume the worst is about to happen? Uh, you know, that just shows we need to renew our mind a little bit. But uh, uh, anyway, that wasn't what he came to tell me. He came to, uh, to tell me that he would like to sell me the building. And I said, well, that's, you know, I, I appreciate that, but I, I, just to be honest with you, I don't have any money. And uh, he said, uh, he said, well, you know, if you're interested, see what you can do. He said, I'll make you a great deal. And he, he told me, he said, I've, I've listed this building for 150000 And he said, but I'll let you have it for a hundred. And uh, so a hundred thousand or a hundred dollars didn't make any difference. I didn't have either one, uh, you know. So, um, you know, you don't have it, you don't have it. And so anyway, I said, well, let me see what I can do. And I said, I would like to have it. You know, we've invested into this and we'd like to, we'd like to just stay in here. So then a couple months went by. He, uh, I still don't have any money. He comes walking back in the door, and he says, uh, you know, I really want you to have this building. And he said, I carry, if you can come up with a, with a significant down payment, I will carry the note on that. And uh, so we're still at the same place, you know, as I don't have a significant down payment either. And so, um, you know, I, I thank him and I tell him that, yes, we would love to. Uh, we, we would love to stay in here, but let me see if I can raise the, uh, the down payment money and, uh, you know, see what we can do. And so a couple more months go by. He comes walking back in the door again. And he says, he says, I tell you what, he says, I really want you to have this building. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it made me think of something that a few years before that, that we had prayed as a, as a body. As, as, you know, so for, for people who don't think there's any power in corporate prayer, uh, you know, we had prayed that, uh, and, Pray for the faith. You know, I didn't know what I know about grace now. I know today that I live under the favor of God. I didn't know that back then. So we were praying for favor. Thank God for his grace that even when we don't know what we're doing, he, he still helps us out. Praise God. And so we're praying for favor with people. And we prayed that people would bend over backwards to help us. And so um, when he comes walking in the door that day, he says, I really want you to have this building. Um, he said, I tell you what, I'm going to make you a deal. He said, I will, um, I'll carry the note at 6%, nothing down, and I'll give you $10,000 to work on the roof. 
And uh, so, you know, as I got to calculating, he, he said, uh, uh, you know, we began to work up the, the figures on that. And as it came out that the payment on the building would be $32 less than what the rent was. And so it's going to be ours, and we have, we have actually reduced the payment. Now, um, when we did that, you know, uh, kind of be a, a fool not to go for that deal. And uh, so I said, yeah, let's do it. And so we, we sent the papers and, uh, and, and set up the payment plan on that. And, you know, I got to say that uh, uh, over, it was a 15-year note, and I, I think that we're somewhere, that we paid it off in somewhere around 13 and a half years. Um, I, I don't recall the exact date that we, that we signed the note on it. But uh, in any case, uh, when we signed over and bought the building, we also got access to the part that had been leased to someone else. And uh, so we were able to, to take that part in too. So uh, we then had a building of about 20,000 square feet. Now remember, we started out in 1,300 square feet. And now we're in a building of 20,000 square feet and uh, there is tons of work that need to be done on this building. It's ours, so now we can actually invest some money in. Uh, and, and I'll say to this day, uh, we have never financed a dime of the remodeling that we've done in here. And uh, so, so everything you see that we have done is paid for. And uh, so anyway, um, between that time and now, the building at the end, the very end unit, came available. Actually, uh, I called, I knew the owner of that unit, and he had a, a small store in there. And I called him because we had an event and we wanted to use the parking down at the end. And... Uh, so I called him just to get his permission uh, to use the parking. He said, well, why don't you just buy that from me? And uh, I said, well, great, but once again, I don't have any money. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing what you can do without any money. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when, when you've got God involved in it, right? And so... I still didn't have any money, but I began to negotiate with him and talk to him. I, I went over and, and uh, visited with him about it, and he said, I'll let you have this unit here for 49000 And uh, I said, uh, um, okay, you know, we, we can do that. And he said, and I'll, we'll do it on, a, on an escrow. He said, so I'll be carrying the note on it. And there won't be any down payment. And uh, so we bought that unit for our office space. And uh, 
So that's where our offices currently are. And uh, I, when we got to working on the, the figures on that, I wanted to do a 15-year note on that. And uh, so I proposed that, and they said, well, we don't really want to carry it out that long. And uh, so I said, well, okay, what about 10 years? I think I can handle 10 years. And uh, they said, well, we're thinking more like five. And uh, so we, we decided, well, we're just, we, just, we need that. I don't want to risk somebody else buying that building that's attached to ours. So we, we went ahead and, and made that purchase. When I went to sign the, the agreement on that, he said, no, he said 47000 I said, well, actually, you told me 49000 He said, I told you forty seven. And uh, okay, works for me, <laughs> you know. But uh, uh, anyway, we took that on, and a, a short period of time after we had uh, um, had done that, then uh, someone called me one day. And this person asked to remain anonymous, so I won't uh, uh, tell anyone who it was, but. Uh, Someone called me one day and says, uh, what mailing address can I send a check to? And so I gave him a mailing address. And this person said, I want to send you $25,000. And uh, I want 20000 of it to go towards paying off your office building. And the other five you can use as you, as you feel it's needed. So, and, and then she said, the Lord's really blessed our company, and then uh, if we're able, then um, before the end of the year, we'll send you another twenty-five. And uh, so we got the check in the mail. We did with it as they had uh, asked us to do, and and uh, then the end of the year came. And I hadn't heard from them again. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe they uh, couldn't do it or, or whatever. And, and uh, so, you know, that's, that's fine. We're grateful for the 25. Uh, but then one day, someone comes walking in the door and hands me a check. And it's from the same person for another 25000 which was enough at that point to pay off that building. So while we're paying on this one, we paid off another one. And uh, that was a, a, a five-year note that we paid off in two years. Uh, you know, God has been faithful. And then uh, we, we began at the beginning of this year to make a big push. We knew we were getting close to paying this one off. And we made a big push, you know, and just ask people to consider doing a little something extra if you can towards the building which we had been paying extra on the payment we had rounded the payment up and uh, have been doing that for years and uh, so we've made a made a push to get it paid for and last Sunday morning the final amount came in to pay off this building and so this, this is ours. 
And uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you share that email if you would. Jason receives an email uh, this week that he wanted to share with you. Yeah, one thing I I was really happy to get this. This came uh, yesterday or the day before, and um, it was on Friday. But um, one of the uh, one of the members of the Beeson family, um, and they sent me this message. They said the day that that Papa Cy uh, Beeson sold the building to you, um, he came into my office and he told me that he had just signed the papers on Beeson's. Um, they say that uh, he was emotional, that he was happy that the building would serve the Lord, and he was torn to see history um, of what he and, and Lee had started, but he knew that God had a better plan. And then they say, thank you so much for doing that for Papa. The store was everything for him, and I was honored that he came and shared it with me, and, and uh, I thought you would like to know that, how much he thought of you and how much he thought of being able to sell uh, the building to go to the gospel. So um, it's, it's just amazing to see what, what God orchestrated even when, when we didn't know. Um, just such an amazing thing. So this morning I want to take a little bit of time and, and talk to you about vision. You know, vision is so important to us as, as people of God. It's, it's, it's critical. Uh, the Bible says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Um, and and one, one translation of that says where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. In other words, it's, it's vision that keeps you going in the right direction. Many people are wandering around and they're changing what, where they're going and what they're doing every other day because they don't have any vision that's keeping them going in the right direction. And uh, so you know, the, the fact is that if they would arrive at somewhere, they wouldn't know they were there because they don't know where they were going. And, uh, you know, maybe God brings them to a place a destination in their life and they don't even know it because they didn't know where they were going. And so in, uh, in, in 1982, I stood in my brother's driveway. I, I shared with you that uh, the Lord had put this church in my heart in 1982. I'm standing in my brother's driveway in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we were having a conversation about, uh, you know, I was raised in Carlsbad. My, uh, my older brother, uh, you know, before he married and moved away, had uh, graduated high school in Carlsbad. And uh, so we're standing there having a conversation in his driveway. And we were talking about the fact that... Uh, um, Tulsa was such a, a blessed city in uh, the, the word of faith teaching that, uh, uh, you know, and I had gotten a hold of the word of faith and it had changed my life. He had too. And uh, so 
I said there are so many places around the world that don't have what we take for granted here. And I said, take for instance, I said, Carlsbad. Somebody needs to go there. And as soon as I said that, the Lord said, how about you? And uh, so you want to know how did, how did I receive the call to pastor? That was it. Uh, how about you? And so I went home and I shared with my wife what the Lord had said to me. And uh, she was less than thrilled. Uh, she could not get excited about that. And so I, I told the Lord at that time, I said, Lord, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to do it. Uh, you know, of course, in my ignorance at that time, I thought I was ready that day. And as it turned out, I was nowhere near ready. In fact, when we moved here, I still wasn't ready, but, but we did it anyway. Um, you know, but uh, um, nine years later, she's finally on the same page with me uh, about this. And, uh, you know, and, and I would just say this, if, if God's given you a vision for something, let him work out the details, you know, just, uh, just rest and relax. It would not have been the will of, and I've seen this happen too many times that, uh, ministers in following the call of God, and I'm not questioning the call of God on their life at all. I believe a genuine call of God yet because they did not go about it right, ended up losing their families. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying I was smart. I'm saying that uh, uh, the Lord kept me in line and, uh, uh, you know, helped me to do things that I didn't even know I was doing right. And, uh, you know, so uh, nine years later, you know, we at that time had been associate pastors at Word of Life. Uh, fellowship in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. We'd been there on staff for two and a half years. We'd been attending the church there for nine years. And, uh, uh, you know, I uh, come down to that last year, uh, the, the Lord confirmed so many ways to us that it was time. It was time to go. And, uh, you know, through, through various people that said things to us that did not know what, what we were thinking, what we were planning. And uh, uh, probably one of the greatest things, I was a member of a, an organization called uh, uh, International Convention of Faith Ministries. And uh, I was at the annual ICFM convention with my pastor, and we were sitting there at the banquet that night, and uh, the president of the organization was making his his uh, uh, address to the membership. And as we're sitting there at the banquet, he begins to speak prophetically by the Spirit of God, and he says, "There are some of you sitting in this room that God's given you a dream and a vision." Uh, 
And because you've gotten busy in ministry, you have not done what he told you to do. He said, by the time we are here next year for this convention, I will. Now, uh, you know, I thought I was the only guy in the room at that time because it felt like you just singled me out right then because just that very same day, I had told my pastor that I feel like I'm late on uh, making my move. And, uh, you know, he knew what we were planning to do. He knew that from the very beginning, uh, you know, when we first met. Uh, Mark Columbus said, I feel like we're, like I'm late. And then uh, Happy Caldwell makes that statement. Uh, by the time we're here next year for this convention, I want it done. And so we got it done. By, by the, we were actually, we're not at the convention uh, the next year, but, uh, but we, got the, we got the church launched, praise God. And so um, vision is so critical to, to knowing where you're going and what you need to be doing. And vision restrains you, it says where there's no prophetic revelation or prophetic word, people cast off restraint. See, if you don't know where you're going, you can turn anywhere. If you're, if you're going down the, the highway and you have no specific destination in mind, it doesn't matter where you turn. See a road? Oh, let's go that way. So you can go that way. And, you know, because you're no further from your destination because you don't know what the destination is. And so I want to encourage you to ask God to give you a, a revelation of a, of, of a vision that will keep you moving in the right direction. And so that, that uh, when you come down to the end of your life so that you have done something of significance that has impacted the world. You see, we're people, God has put us here on this earth, and he gave man dominion in the, in the earth. And the, the dominion that he gave us was for us to, to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, air the, uh, everything that creeps upon the earth, to have dominion and authority. And the, the earth is the Lord's, the Bible says, and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to God. And so he wants it all. And he wants it all to come under his rule and his dominion. Praise God. And the, the instruments that he uses to do that is us. Praise God. And so... Uh, you know, when you come down to the end of your life, make sure that it can be said of you that you have done something of significance toward the Lord's vision for the earth. See, he had a vision that kept him going the right direction. You know, he had a vision of a family. He had a, uh, God the Father had a vision of a family, and what he had to do because of Adam's 
sin because of the fall, he to invest his son in getting his family back. But we became a part of that in the sense that Jesus died on the cross, paid for our sins, removed the barrier, and then he went back to heaven, but he gave us step two. Step two was go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we got to make everyone aware that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son so that you would not perish but have everlasting life and life as a member of his family, we might add. Praise God. Because he wants, he wants all the people in the earth. God is not satisfied, and we should not be satisfied as long as there is one that is that, that is not coming to the family of God. Praise God. We, we, should, we can't be satisfied as long as there's one. And so here's the thing. Great big vision. God loves to work with great big vision with, with people that don't have the ability to do what he's asking them to do. And so here's the thing that... Um, you cannot fit a great big God into a little bitty tiny vision. And every time I say that, I'm always reminded of, uh, there's a country song that says, it's all right to be little bitty. But when it comes to your vision, it is not all right to be little bitty. Because you can't fit a great big God into a little bitty tiny vision. Praise God. And then the Bible says in, in the book of Acts, the second chapter on the day of Pentecost, Peter is preaching on, on that day, and he is talking about um, he is talking about, you know, that that your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men shall dream dreams, your old men shall shall see visions. Uh, and upon your daughters and your handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit in those days, saith the Lord. And, you, uh, you know, and, he, and he begins to talk about those things. And he talks about dreams and visions. And, and my pastor used to say this. He used to say, dreams and visions are the language of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that. I believe that God speaks to us. He puts dreams in our heart. You know. What is the thing that you are passionate about? You know, and I, I got to honestly say that we had been here for, a, a, as a church, for almost 20 years before God really began to, to, to teach me that. That the thing, what is it that you're passionate about? And I read a book one day by uh, Robert Morris, the pastor of Gateway Church in Dallas, and, and he said, what you, what you can't take no more, is the way he said it. What you can't take no more, that's where you probably are going to find your niche. That's where you're probably going to find your vision. The thing, he says, what injustice do you see? What wrong do you see being propagated? What, and he said, that is the thing that... that when you find that, he says, you've probably found that the reason you're noticing it 
is because the Spirit of God on the inside of you is noticing it. Praise God. And so he said, begin to look at the thing that just gets under your skin that you can't stand no more. And the Spirit of God is pointing that out to you because he wants you to do something about it. Praise God. And so, I, like I said, we were here for, for almost 20 years before I began to really realize what our, I mean, I thought our purpose was one thing, but then I began to really, the Lord began to define that for me. And I began to, to we began to find our place and our niche and, and what we were to be doing, what we were to be accomplishing in this city. Praise God. And uh, so, you know, when, when you dream dreams, see, here's the thing. Don't dream about what you can do. Dream about what God can do through you. See, see that's, that's, so, that's better than you think it is. Don't dream about what you can do. Dream about what God can do through you. Because what God can do through you is so much bigger than what you can do. Praise God. And I like what, uh, uh, I'm going to, I don't, don't have, well, I think I do have it down here too. So let me, let me share a quote with you. And then I'm going to turn it to Pastor Jason and let him wrap this thing up this morning by talking about where we're going and, and uh, 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 some things that we've got planned for, for the near future. Um, but uh, let's see, where are we at here? Uh, okay, here's, here's what I wanted to quote. Mike Francine, the missionary, once said this, I can live out of my imagination instead of my memory. Isn't that good? I can live out of my imagination instead of my memory. I can tie myself to my limitless potential instead of my limiting past. I can tie myself to my limitless potential instead of my limiting past. As long as you hang on to and you try to live out of your past, you will be limited. But if you will live out of your imagination, if you will live out of your limitless potential, then you can do great things. You're called to greatness. Praise God. We're called to greatness. God is raising up a great church in Carlsbad. Praise God. I believe it, I believe it, I believe I'm going to see it, praise God, praise God. You know, we're a good church, but we can be a great church, praise God. This is good church, but it can be a great church, and it will be a great church, praise God. We've got some things planned in store for uh, for the month of October, 
and we've got some things that we're going to do now that some uh, some financial resources have been freed up because hey we don't have to make a building payment this month or, or next month praise god so come on amen amen well and uh aren't you glad that the service is half over You laugh. In John chapter 4, um, there's a, a, a story that I want to talk about today. You know, Jesus um, was traveling, and uh, he had to go through Samaria. And I'm not going to go way into it, but Samaria is not really a place that, that, uh, that you go. And um, sometimes I believe that in order to make the impact that God's called us to make, we have to be willing to go places that uh, other people have told us we're not supposed to go. You believe that? Amen? Amen. You guys have to be a little more fired up, okay? Amen? Amen. So I believe this, that, that Jesus went through Samaria for a very specific reason. He could have gone around Samaria, but he had to go through Samaria. And he sent his disciples to go and to buy food in town. And so Jesus goes in and he meets this woman that's at a well. And Jesus is thirsty and he says, hey, will you get me something to drink? And um, she says, sure. And so she, she's pulling up the water out of the well. And he said, you know, I have, I have a drink or I have water that, that is going to give you eternal life and you'll never thirst again. And so he shares with her life. He shares with her hope. He went a place that wasn't comfortable. He went a place that was outside of the ordinary, and he shared hope with her. And I'm not going to go way into the message that he shared with her, but you can see that in John chapter 4. But I find it interesting that Jesus took time out in a place where he wasn't supposed to be, in a place where people told him that he shouldn't go, and he shared hope. So after he does this, the disciples come back, and they have their food, and they're ready to go, and they say, Jesus, here's the food, and, and Jesus said, oh, I don't need it. It's fine. I have food that you don't know about, and they said, well, who brought you food? You sent us to get food, and then you eat. Has that ever happened to you? You go to get food for your kids. You bring it home, and they're like, oh, that's all right. We've already eaten. Are you kidding me? Well, eat again. I brought you food right? Jesus says, no, 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 I have food that you don't know about. And then he said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. And later on in the passage, as he's talking to his disciples, he said, don't say that there's four months and then the harvest comes. He says, what I want you to say is, I want you to say the harvest is now. I want you to open up your eyes because the field is ripe unto harvest. Jesus was saying this, that while we're going through our daily routine, as we're just doing the things that we're supposed to be doing, as we're out there getting food, as we're out there at work, as we're out there on the ball field, as we're out there at dance practice, and we're out there at all these different places that we go every single day that we're there for a dual purpose. The disciples were in town getting food. Jesus was in Samaria sharing hope. And when the disciples came, Jesus tells them, no, 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 I, I, my, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. I want you to open up your eyes because all around you there's people that need hope. All around you. In the month of September, we focused on the house. And we saw some people come back, and we saw some people that, that haven't yet, and I say yet. But we saw some people come back. In the month of September, we focused on the house. In the month of October, 
We're focusing outside the doors of the church. Word of Life is an outreach church. Word of Life is a church that exists to make sure that everyone knows that God is madly in love with them. See, I don't have to go around talking about what's wrong with everybody because I know what's wrong with everybody. I know what's wrong with you. I know what's wrong with me. I need Jesus. And I don't have to share my opinion as to why somebody's messed up or as to why somebody's broken. As Pastor Daniel said last week, and I'm not going to say it as good as he did, but why do we have to qualify our message as to say, Jesus loves you, but why can't we just say Jesus loves you? Why can't we just say God is madly in love with you? It's not but. It's not qualified. We don't have to follow it by anything. God is madly in love with you. So the month of October, we're going to do our Mad Love Week. Now, we've done this for the last couple of years, and we're changing it a little bit uh, this year. And... This is one of those things, and th there are certain things in ministry that you do because you think they're a good idea, and they flop, and you don't, and maybe it wasn't as good of an idea as you thought it was. Some things, you don't really know if they're a good idea or not. You do them, and they take off, and you're like, yeah, baby. Some things, you do it, they don't take off, but you know it was a God thing, and you just keep doing it. And so Mad Love Week, I can say this, you're like, oh my gosh, we're doing this again? I guess that's another thing I won't do. Sorry, should I, I shouldn't have said that. I maybe. So it hasn't really taken off, but I know it's a God thing. And so I sought the Lord, and I said, God, I know you told us to do this, and so what do we need to do? So we're revamping Mad Love Week, and that's why we're doing it in October, not in June, all right? Or the end of June or 1st of July is when we had traditionally done it. We're doing it in October, and I need you to do it. Why? Because this is who we are. This is what Word of Life is. We're an outreach church. And so you, as a part of Word of Life, we've talked extensively this month. The church is not us. The church is not me. The church is not Pastor Daniel. This is us. A lot of you came when we paid off the building, and you said congratulations. And I always said, and I know Pastor Daniel did too, congratulations to you. It's not just congratulations to me. It's congratulations to you. Why? Because this is us. We paid off this building. God paid off this building through us. Amen? How do we reach this world? God reaches this world through us, through the church. That's the mechanism he has put in place to reach this world. And so this is what I need. I need you to partner with us. To go out beyond the doors of this church and to reach this city for Jesus. Amen? We need to let everybody know that God is madly in love with them. When we started this church, the population of Carlsbad in 1991 was between 25 and 27,000 people. Some of you guys know that I'm, I serve the city on the city government, and so I see numbers every single week as to the growth of Carlsbad. And so we stand today, an unofficial population of Carlsbad is around 70 to 80,000 people. And so if you take 70 to 80,000 people and you look at who's sitting in church today, whether it's Word of Life or it's First Assembly of God up the street or First Baptist Church down the street or Cross Church or Church, uh, 
Church of the Nazarene doesn't meet there anymore either, do they? They meet on Church Street, right? But whatever it is, Oasis, First United Methodist, you name it, right? New Song Church, Calvary Assembly, name them all. If you take the amount of people that are sitting in churches today, Sunday morning, it's a drop in the bucket as to the population of our city. So there are plenty of people to reach without us going and raiding other flocks. Amen? That's not our job. We don't need to go and be raiding other flocks. And so here's what I want us to do. The month of October, not just Mad Love Week, but the entire month, I want us to go out and I want us to reach this city aggressively for Jesus. And I want every single week there to be more people in these seats than are here the week before because we're aggressively reaching this city with Jesus. It's the hope of the world. It's what people need. It's what I need. It's what you need. So we've got a few outreaches, and I'm going to talk about them in detail. The first thing that we're going to do is uh, October the 19th. And this is the day before Mad Love Week starts. And I don't have a slide for this one. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. For, on October the 19th, we're going to help out a coalition of churches to just love on our community and help out with Fallapalooza. So if you don't know what Fallapalooza is, maybe you're new in town or maybe you just don't know what it is, um, a coalition of churches joined together. It's just a big carnival down at the, the beach, um, lots of candy given out and stuff like that. It's just a real fun day. Um, put on by local area churches. And we're a part of that coalition that's going to put on Fallapalooza. And so if you'd like to help with that, we've got a sign-up sheet. And Kay Walker is not here today. Um, she's still traveling. She'll be back next week. But Kay is heading that up. And if you can help with that, give a two-hour block of time on that Saturday, then we would really appreciate it. There's a sign-up sheet out on the welcome counter. That's how you can help with that. Now, Mad Love Week, and there's a schedule, I believe, yeah, yeah, and it's going to be hard to read, and I apologize. Um, we've got a schedule for Mad Love Week, so here's what's going to happen starting October the 20th. It should be in your timeline, and that way you don't have to fight with the announcements. And I think it's labeled schedule. On October the 20th, we're going to do a kickoff. That's Sunday morning. Um, there we go. On October, the, and we're going to post this online, but October the 20th, we're going to do a kickoff Sunday morning. Um, we're going to just have a big, for lack of a better way to say it, a big rally where we're going to get pumped about Jesus and we're going to go out and say, let's do it. Let's go reach the world for Jesus. Then, you know, the cool thing is every time that you get pumped up in church, you walk outside of church and you have a reason to abandon what you just got pumped up about because life just smacks you in the face. Well, don't do it. All right. I want you to decide right now. I'm changing my attitude. I'm changing my mentality. We're going to kick off on the 20th. 21st, we're bringing back an outreach that we've done in the past called a case of the Mondays. And we're going to have one of these. The goal is to have one of these case of the Mondays for at least for every family, okay? And I want them all given out. So every family takes one of these, and I'm going to let you partner with that in a minute. But we're going to take these case of the Mondays. It's going to have like a... a pack of M&Ms. I wrote it all down. I should, ha I should have that up here. Let me get that. Hold on. I think I'm on 4% too, guys. So 
We are uh, we're rocking today. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a, a box that's going to be filled with all kinds of goodies. Uh, it's going to have in it a pack of gum because you always need some gum on a Monday, right? Yeah, and every day. Some of y'all need gum a lot. Um, we're going to have a $5 Starbucks card in there because on a Monday, don't you need some Starbucks? I know you do. You need to wake up. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a charger for your phone that says something about word of life and love and Jesus on it. And uh, we're going to have uh, a little pack of M&Ms because halfway through the day, you know you could use some M&Ms, right? Would you ever say no to M&Ms? Never. I'm on a diet, but luckily it's an M&M diet. They're going to have a couple other little things in there. So these case of the Mondays, what they're for is I want you to take it. I want you to give it to whoever. I don't care who it is. Give it to uh, the person at the gas station or give it to, um, it doesn't matter, a coworker or uh, give it to anyone. You don't have to know them. This is just, hey, here's a little encouragement on a Monday, all right? So we're going to have these boxes. I want everybody to take one. Next thing, on Tuesday, this is social media takeover day. Social media takeover day. You know, I, I think about um, James when he was writing the book of James, and, and he was talking about our tongue, and he said, no man can tame the tongue. He said, with it, we bless God, and with it, we curse men who were made in God's likeness. And he said, my, my brethren, this shouldn't be so. I think you could say that with our social media accounts also, that with it, we bless God, and with it, we curse men. This is social media takeover day, and what we're going to do on Tuesday is I want you to specifically pick out several people, and I want you to write encouraging things to them, not even necessarily in a message. We're going to do it publicly. We're going to say, I appreciate And you know what? This is no lie. I woke up this morning, and I was thinking about how much I appreciate Olga, and I'm not kidding. Olga is here every Sunday morning. She stands at the door. Isn't she a wonderful face standing at the door? <laughs> Hugging everybody, telling you good morning. And I was thinking this morning how much I appreciate her. It's things like that. I want you to write it on their wall for everybody to see. I appreciate you so much, and this is why. Social media takeover day. On the 23rd, and I need to wrap this up quick. On the 23rd, love a teacher day. Love a teacher day. I want you to love a teacher. If you've got kids in school, grandkids in school, love on your kid's teacher. If not, pick a random teacher. I don't care what you do. Maybe you take them something. Maybe it's just a note of encouragement. Whatever it is, I want you to be purposeful on the 23rd of October to love a teacher. It's Word of Life Love a Teacher Day during Mad Love Week. On the 24th, this is Leave a Note Day slash Love a Church Day. All right, so leave a note day. I know we did it on social media. Pick another couple of people. Leave a little note for them. Maybe it's just a scripture that's going to encourage them. Maybe you leave it on the windshield of their car. Maybe, and don't say, like, secret admire or something. This isn't, like, so you can get a date, all you single people. All right, all you single ladies. Um, sorry. Um, this is, uh, it's leave a note day. And then love a church day. So what we're going to do is, uh, as a church, we're going to send goodies, cookies, refreshments um, to churches in town, and we just want to say thank you for what you do for the gospel. 
in our city. All right, and you guys can do that too if you'd like, or you can just partner with us. So it's leave a note day, and we're going to leave a note for churches and say thank you so much for sharing the gospel with Carlsbad. Amen? All right, because we're all on the same team, right? The 25th, take a drink day. You're going to take a drink to somebody, whether it's at work or, or uh, maybe they're just out and about. You know their favorite sonic drink or whatever it is. Take a drink to them. They like a cherry limeade, take a cherry limeade to them. They like to have a, a vanilla latte with extra vanilla. So you can take them a vanilla latte, whatever it may be, it's just take a drink day, okay? Take a drink to somebody. And then what we're going to do on Friday, October 20th, 25th as a church is we're going to take a, a sum of money and we're going to give it, and I haven't called Nick Walker yet, but we're going to take it, we're going to give it to Java Nick's. And we're going to say, until the money runs out, everybody's drink that comes through the line is on us, is on Word of Life. All right? Just until the money runs out. So maybe one person that goes in and orders for their entire company, I don't know. But uh, until the money runs out, the drinks are on us because it's take a drink day. And then the 26th, this is Saturday, you choose to love. What do I mean by that? Well, maybe you have a neighbor that needs some yard work done. This is Saturday. Why don't you gather up your family and, and you go help out in your neighbor's yard? Maybe you've got games all day and the kids are playing soccer all day long. Why don't you reach out to somebody at the soccer field? I don't know where you're going to be that day. I don't know where you're going to be on the 26th, but you choose to love. And then on the 27th, we're going to share the love. We're going to wrap this thing up on the 27th with us all joining together and having a good old-fashioned testimony time where you guys are going to talk about how God used you to share love with other people during Mad Love Week. Sound good? That's not too hard. Is that too hard for anybody? I don't think those things are too hard. That's really easy. We just got to be purposeful about it. So we're going to talk more and more and more about these things leading up to Mad Love Week. And then actually just a few days later on October 31st, we get to reach out to our community in an incredible way, um, sharing the love of Jesus through candy. Right? Isn't that great? I love handing out handfuls of candy on Halloween and saying God is madly in love with you. And I want you to think about it as you eat every sweet tart. I want you to think about how much God loves you with every Tootsie Roll. Especially those little vanilla ones that are awesome. You guys like those? I like those. Those are good. The cherry ones are, yeah, those are the bomb.com. And I want you to, but here's what we don't want. We don't want any of those plain candies in the, in the orange wrapper and the black wrapper. Those are gross, y'all. Those are gross. Man, if I get those candies, I'm like, that church hates me. Why would I serve a God that gives? I'm just kidding, you guys. We talk about that every year. God is good. Amen? Amen. Guys, let's pray and get y'all out of here. I'm thankful that we serve a God who gave his only son for us. Amen? And let me have the worship team come up. You are like deer in the headlights. What do I do? I'm glad we serve a God that gave everything for us. I'm glad we serve a God that lets us have a part in the plan. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. 
Or maybe you're here today and you would say, I don't know Jesus. Maybe you're here and you would say, I've never asked Jesus into my life. Maybe you think you're too bad. Maybe you think you're too broken. Maybe you think you're messed up. The fact of the matter is we are messed up and we need Jesus. We need a Savior. And so God sent Jesus to make a way for us. The Bible says that he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we could be the righteousness of God. What that means is that we could have right standing in the eyes of God through him, through his sacrifice. And so today, if you've never received Jesus into your life, I want to invite you to do that, whether you're watching us online or whether you're sitting in here today. The way you do that is we're going to pray a prayer. And the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, in other words, we're saying, Jesus, I can't do it on my own. Your way is better than mine. And I'm going to invite you into my life. And then it says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that the price that Jesus paid to make all this happen, that's a true story. That happened for me, happened for you. The Bible says, if you do those things, then you shall be saved. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer today, and I'm going to invite everybody in here, and if you're watching at home or watching on the road or, or wherever, I want to invite you to say this prayer with us. Let's all say it together. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died for me, and I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, praise God. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love.